0: You are listening to the Power and Prose podcast, a platform that serves as an active advocate for black women to embody their authentic voice. Power and Prose is a space of healing and an invitation to profess the power you possess. Come along on the journey and let's get into the show. What's up, cool kids? You're tuned in to another episode of the Power and Prose podcast podcast shout out to the cool kids community i have been getting a lot of reviews comments and just love pouring out from you guys on what you find helpful and it truly 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 warms my heart the cool kids are the best i love y'all and we've been rocking in this thing for a minute we are gearing up for the second year of me recording the show and us doing life together um if this is your first time listening to the show i'm Yahosha girl des and I'm a cool kid trying to live daily in my authenticity through Christ and I inspire other cool kids to do the same. I hope that you enjoy the show and if you do be sure to subscribe. You can also sign up for the newsletter which will be in the show notes to connect with all the other cool kids um, to get different scriptures, plans that I do on the Bible app, journal prompts, writing and I even share like sermons and stuff that I find helpful. So be sure that you sign up for the pros and praise pages newsletter in the show notes to tap in. But I just want to just shout you guys out because it truly has been a blessing in this season to connect with y'all the way we've been connected. Now, I know we all have heard of the saying, no response is still a response and not only does that apply to our earthly relationships with friends and family and like romantic relationships, but also in our relationship with God. If you never thought about it that way, that's what we're going to get into today on the show. No response is still the response, child. So as always, we're going to get into the power punch of the week and then we'll get into it. Young trees and old trees both hold callus. Twinkle their toes in soil, around rock, making home in dirt. When wind blows, a sampling's branches go, aghast. Adolescent leaves find their way to the ground like butter, curdled from the forest made, and knowing oneself. Time don't heal, time allows growth. Provides space for breeze. Welcome seasons to come. Praise for newness to hatch in the thick nest of what was. I've come to know, the more lines you have, the more your interactions are created from silk, though not independent from the fibers down below. I am proud of this piece because I did not see it coming. I love pieces that I don't see coming. Um, I'm not working through a thought that I've been thinking of for a long time or inspired by anything that I saw coming it literally just came so I signed up for a writing workshop last week and writing workshops are literally the best you are surrounded by other creatives other women who just want to get their work out and we read a couple of bodies of work and then there was a prompt for us to write about and so The prompt was talking about the senses, right? So I'm talking about trees and stuff like that. And the prompt was just talking about different senses and you have to illuminate the senses as you are writing. And so I sat (laughs) in my bed and I looked out the window and I saw this tree and the tree just made me, I mean, I just went from there. And I started to think about things and newness and old and just transition and trees do that. Trees go through seasons they have marks of things. And then also, if you touch the grooves of a tree, the trunks of a tree, there are there is feeling, there is a sense, there's a touch. And I mentioned that in the beginning of this piece with young trees and old trees both hold callus. When you think of callus, there's something hard. You think of somebody that's unavailable. They've emotionally been through some things and it's just like something you need to get rid of, right? We get pedicures and they have callus, callus removal. And so- What I'll try to do with linking young trees and old trees in the first line of this piece is bring them on the same playing field. When we think of somebody who's callous or hardened by life, they're old, they've gone through things. And sometimes we even give them a pass for that. When I think that you're affected by life the second that you're born, the second that you're on this earth you're affected and the, you, you, your callus begins there, which is why I say young trees and old trees both hold callus. As I go on, I say they twinkle their toes in soil around rock making home in dirt. The roots of a tree do those things, right? Their toes are the roots and they go down, down, down into soil, into rock. And so when we look at something beautiful, like a tree, a flower, the person that you idolize on Instagram, whatever those things are, each physical thing in nature and us as people have soil we have a foundation there are roots to our being that make up who we are and how we present ourselves today that beauty is born from something and our home is really in the dirt like that is how we were formed in the beginning and it's where we will rest our bodies will rest in dirt at the end and so Again, likening trees to humans in this way and kind of personifying them and just noticing what's the same. Like I was admiring the tree and I was thinking about the the lack of admiration that we have with ourselves and how that kind of grows, how it doesn't stay that way forever. And so the next bit of the piece I read when wind blows, a sampling's branches go aghast. Adolescent leaves find their way to the ground like butter, curdled from the forest made knowing oneself. And so a sampling is a baby tree. And when the wind blows or when life happens, when circumstances come... You start to lose things. So when you are growing, that could be your leaves, right? Those are the things that sprout in your life. And they're an extension of your foundation. They're an extension or an expression of who you are. So an apple tree has an extension of themselves. Their base is that they're a tree, but the fruit are the apples and when you're young in your faith when you're young in what you're doing on um, your call on this earth when you're just a young being when circumstances happen when somebody speaks something negative when you try something and you fail there's a bigger risk for the extension of yourself how you express who you are to fall to the ground because it's it's really not um it's not rooted yet because you're an adolescent so I say fall to the ground like butter And I use these different words. I mention soil, rock, dirt, wind blowing, butter, curdled. It's like all these things that form an image in your mind, which go to the senses. So I don't mention a lot of like sounds, But even when I say the wind blows, there's there's an imagery that happens there. And so I stayed on the theme, even though I didn't really talk about the theme at all, which is why I said I did not see this one coming. And I at the end of this piece that I'm discussing right now, Curdled from the Forest Made and Knowing Oneself. A force made in knowing yourself. When you know who you are, you can find your people. You find your church community. You find the right book club to join. You find the right speakeasy to go to. Like you, when you know who you are, what you're trying to accomplish, what you're about, it becomes so much more easier to find your forest of people to find not only that you're planted, but where you should be planted. And it's, it becomes easier to do life because as your branches extend, you touch the branches of that tree, that person, that community next to you. It makes you that much more stronger. Your roots seem like they have purpose there. And as the poem continues, time don't heal, time allows for growth. I think that there's moments when we just blindly assume that things are going to change and we just blindly assume things are going to get better. And what happens is you have to allow for growth, right? You have to allow for things to come in that'll be nutrient and, and fertilizer to what you're trying to establish, to your being, to yourself. Provide space for breeds. Welcome seasons to come. Praise for newness to hatch in the thick nest of what was. When you know what something is, and nest was a play on, I saw a bird and I was like, oh, bird's nest. Like So that was a play on that. But when you pray for a newness, when you're used to something, right? A bird has a nest, but when they are expecting for bird, baby birds to hatch, you move different. You start to look for things. You really have to have a good worm spot. Where am I going to feed? Not only myself, but these baby birds that I'm about to hatch. When you have something that you're building. And you're allowing space for Breeze. You're not just being like, this is my plan, my five-year plan, and things have to unfold exactly this way. When you allow space for Breeze, for the Holy Spirit to come through and do what he wants to do, when you welcome seasons to come and to go, it allows for you to truly grow over time into who you're supposed to be. And you get that much more rooted in who you are. The last stanza of the poem reads... I've come to know the more lines you have, the more your interactions are created from silk, though not independent from the fibers down below. So when I mention the more lines you have, that's your years, right? The longer that you're on this earth, which is like the lines inside of a tree, if you were to cut a tree, move Um, the more your interactions are created from silk. And so. Um, I started Googling when I write. So sometimes if I'm trying to figure out where I want to go or if I want something based in a certain thought. Now, at this point, I was really wrapped up in this tree comparison or personification. And so I looked up different textures. Right. I already mentioned the callus and I was trying to juxtapose that. Like over time, there's something else there. You don't have to just liken a tree to roughness and already use leaves. So I was like, what else? are textures that I can pull off of that are, are born from trees and silkworms came up and I, re- I, re- I read about it a little bit. I had 25 minutes to write this y'all. So I like read about silkworms very briefly and I figured out that they actually have to die for you to get the, um, the fibers of what they make to make silk. And Silkworms live in trees and so I used birds before and we are, we're used to that imagery and those type of things But when I think about even my relationship with god or my relationship with people in my life that are that truly fill me up It is like a fine Fiber, right? It is is it's tightly woven together It makes me feel good every time i'm around those people every time I pray every time I worship Though, you know every time I feel good about death when I feel good about me, you know what I mean? like I feel is I liken it to silk if I had to liken it to a texture at all, to a a, a feeling. And so I was so happy that that was something that is born from trees, but silkworms have to die for you to get that. And so that made me think about life and how things go on and how things will die. Um we have to certain things can't go with us to the next phase. Certain people can't go with us. Certain jobs that we thought we would work in or industries we thought we would be in, we won't find ourselves in because that we. for us to continue to grow over time and having that space for the breeze, for the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do, praying for that newness to happen, welcoming those seasons to come, you're going to get the silk. You're going to get the promise, but it may not unfold in the way that you think. Some things may have to die. And we learn that the more lines that we have, the more time that we spend, been here on earth and the last line though not independent from the fibers down below i take it back to the beginning when i mention the foundation and and your roots and, and being born from the dirt even though you have the silk now, right? That's like that started from the bottom. Now we hear you remember that you don't get the silkworm who makes the silk that we can experience, touch, feel, and embody. If we don't even allow our roots to get down, if we don't get in the dirt of life, if we don't go through things. And so, I didn't see this piece coming at all. I think it is a beautiful piece of poetic work. If I do say so myself. (laughs) Um, and I don't think about how I'm like a tree often at all. And so I was very thankful that I saw this imagery. And then honestly, after I wrote this piece last weekend, I started to see tree things everywhere. Um, even with the Bible Project, if you guys are familiar with them, they have a podcast as well. And one of their latest episodes is literally titled Humans Are Trees. And they look at all these different imagery, both in a poetic sense and just in a natural, like narrative form of Moments in the Bible where trees are likened to humans, where we're supposed to learn something from trees, where trees are in parables and it's compared to our walk with Christ. And I thought that was just one affirmation that this poem didn't come out out of nowhere. But second, the thought in general, it just has been sticking with me over the past week that there's just so much we can learn um, and that God cares about it. Like nature isn't just nature. It's not just out here to be out here. There's something unified in our experience here on earth in general so hope this was something meta for you to think about and that you enjoyed this one let's get into the episode i believe that god has a divine word for everyone listening to this show like he has given you a divine word I mean a word, like something you know is for you to carry out. No matter what it may be, you felt a call to do something. And the thing about a call is you get to answer and you either move on the call or you don't. Like that's the thing about it. But what we don't keep in mind is that no response is still a response. No response is still a response. Think about it. Somebody posts an event and you want to go, so you hit up your friend. You see if they want to go. You're like, "Hey, girl, you want to go to this event? It's on Thursday, whatever." And you're comfortable going by yourself, but your friend—I mean, they came to your mind. You you had them in mind as soon as you saw this, and so you hit them up and you ask if they want to go, and then they don't respond. Can you imagine? I'm sorry. If I'm putting energy into not only thinking of what I'm gonna do for the week, child, but then decide to invite you to something that we could do together, we could have fun, I done secured the tickets, and I hit you up and you don't respond, the disrespect. The disrespect. And if this was me for real, I listen, I started going to go into is there something wrong? First of all, are you good? You know what I'm saying? If you have a hectic week, girl, I hope you get some rest, like whatever. But after a while, like if it's not that, if it's not nothing wrong and you're like, it's I take it as personal disrespect to me. Like, do you not want to spend time with me? Why aren't you communicating? Like what is going on? And I gather a lot in my brain and start to formulate things simply off you not responding. I don't even have a sentence to start forming my opinions about, but even your non-response, I am thinking of a response of what you said in relation to the call that I put out for us to hang out. When God calls you to use your voice, when he calls you to step into that industry, it's no different. He wants a response. He wants an interaction. He was looking for some intimacy. And we're going to walk through Deuteronomy 5 to illustrate this. Like It is no different. So in Deuteronomy 5 1 through 21, the Lord gives the Ten Commandments, a call to the children of Israel, if you will, things that he saw for them specifically to carry out. There were specific and unique countings of their past and considering their future, a call for them to carry out. In my Bible, before verse 22, there's a subtitle and it reads, The People's response this was their response starting at verse 25 we're gonna start at verse 25 Deuteronomy 525 but now why should we die this great fire will consume us and we will die if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any longer verse 26 for who out of all mankind has heard the voice of the living God speaking from the fire as we have and lived. The people acknowledged that they did hear the voice of God. Number one, they confirmed the Lord is glorious and great. So they understand that God ain't going to be trying to play them or whatnot. It's like, Nope, heard him and think he's lovely. think he's beautiful. Great, great, great. They expressed that God's voice made them feel new. God's voice made them feel something different. And, They began to compare this vulnerable piece of their journey to others, which invited fear into the situation. In verse 26, they literally literally say, who has heard the voice of God as we have and survived. They went from a personal thing that they were experiencing that they got to hear for themselves and started to pull other people into it. The children of Israel heard God, not only that, but they heard his voice and survived. When we hear God, sometimes we're on fire. Like we be in awe. Like when I get a bomb idea, when I write a poem that makes me feel proud, when I have an idea for an episode on the show, I'm lit. Like it's like, okay, yes. Like not only did I hear you, but I'm aligned with this. Let's go. This is amazing. And his goodness has me in such a shock. Right. But when, we worry after that, it steals all of that joy away. Will he speak to us again? Will I be able to handle what he's calling me to? What if the voice of God consumes me and I don't survive? I've had those moments so many times. You can move and you're like, oh, I'm moving to this city. Great. Like I cannot wait to get there or whatever. Then you start to wonder about how am I going to pay my bills? How much are the movers going to be? Who am I going to hang out with when I get there? Where am I going to eat? I'm going to miss my family. Like, you start to think about all of these things and you take this thing that was a personal call specifically for you and it makes you now You're like, okay, next time the phone ring, I actually don't want to answer. And it's really harmful, especially when you're in that, that feeble young tree sapling stage that's real dangerous because you're you're still putting your roots down in something so you don't want to steal those moments when you're having that encounter with God and we start to assess the risk they asked who out of all mankind has heard the voice of the living God speaking from the fire as we have and survived the key word here is as we have. They began to take a personal moment and generalize it as a justification on why it don't make sense. We do that all the time. I will think, who can come from an open mic and hear guys tell them to start a podcast? That's how this whole thing started. I went to my first open mic And then I left and I felt something way bigger. It's like, wait, I'm just going to start it with the sharing the poetry thing. Hold on. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, who can hear that? And then start a podcast. Who can have the respect of their coworkers, but hear God tell them, go start your own business. Who can have a rough season, but hear God say, don't give up. Like, think about it. There are so many things where you'll say, who, 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 who can hear from God and survive, but you already have. You're standing in it. The children of God were asking a general question that they were the specific answer to. The issue is that they zoomed out and made something personal, general. Our faith is all about relationship, a personal relationship. Our relationship with God is personal. The ways we use our voice and express our authenticity is personal to us. And our call from the father is no different. It's personal. Now, I know it's real that imposter syndrome can creep in and we feel like if we use our voice and we speak up and answer the call, then people will figure us out. They'll realize that we don't have the i and the t. They'll start to wonder like, "Who are you? Who are you? Girl, what have you done? What are you talking about? What makes you qualified?" And that feeling is because we aren't taking our call personally. That's where it's born from. When you know something is for you, you go for it. You lean into it. You sell out to the idea. And perhaps you haven't seen a business with a model like yours, a vacation like the one you want to organize for your friend group, a book club like the one you want to start. But instead of using those moments to back away, take the call personal. It's something that suits you. It's just for you. Nobody else can do it. You haven't seen it because you're the one that's supposed to carry it out. Before Deuteronomy 5, there are no Ten Commandments. Like, it's, it's, it's like before this space, before Moses, there's that's not a thing. Adam and Eve, no Ten Commandments. Like, what? It was specifically for this time and these people. And after they're given, the next space is the people's response. There's a call and then there's a response. God sends the word and then he calls us to be doers of the word. That's how we're meant to walk, how we're meant to walk. And sometimes when we take ourselves out of the game, we bench ourselves and then we wonder why we're not getting buckets. It's like, huh? If you look at verse 27, the people of Israel tell Moses, Go near and listen to everything the Lord, our God says. Then you can tell us everything the Lord, our God tells you, we will listen and obey. Huh? These people are confused. These folk (laughs) are confused because verse 27 don't make no sense. It doesn't make any sense. They call God the Lord, our God, which is personal. Our, that's possession. That's personal. But made the interaction with God public by inviting Moses into it. They were supposed to go near and listen to everything the Lord, their God said to them. So that way they can listen and obey when you have a personal thing and you're not just watching a pastor on Sunday, when your friend not just speaking life into you, when you're not just looking at old girl who talk about manifestations on TikTok, when you get your own personal word It gets personal to you to carry it out. It gets personal to you when signs start to come up. When I wrote that poem, I took it as like, no, this was born out of me. This prompt is for me. I have something to get out. And so then when I listen to that podcast from the Bobber Project, when I'm out and I'm just looking at trees, when I'm out walking to get wherever I'm going, that's now personal. The trees public. But I've made it a personal thing that I connect to. I made it a personal thing to remind me that God has called me to something, that God's doing something with my writing. That's personal for me. And what these people did, they took themselves out of it. They made a generalization and therefore they could have exalted Moses at this point. It doesn't add up, and it's harmful. If you call God your God, but you never get personal with Him, and you don't let Him get personal with you, now you got insecurities because He speaks to other people and not you. Right? That's what we say, quote unquote. Uh, I don't don't really hear God like that. He don't speak to me in that way. Now you're not sure if He's really good all the time because you feel like you stay going through something. You might go forth and do the thing but you don't have the specifics because you missed out on a personal encounter with God. It's a lot of poets out here, okay? A lot of beautiful, great, inspiring poets out here. And I could be in a harmful I have been in harmful positions when I don't allow God to get personal with me, with my pen, with my paper, with my pad, with the words that are on my heart, with the feelings I need to work through and get out, right? And so if I just exalt the other people and I make poetry as an art form, a general thing that people in the world do, seven billion people in the world, poetry is just a thing that a portion of those people do. If I make it general like that, then when I write something, I'm never going to be proud of it. If I share it, I'm never expecting anybody to connect with it. I don't even see it as a a tool or a vessel that I can use in the kingdom because that would take it me having to be personal with the fact that I can use what I do for God's glory. I can do it for something for me to feel good about myself. But if it's so general and so zoomed out, how it's impossible for me to see myself in that. It's impossible. If you look at entrepreneurs as just entrepreneurs and you don't take the call that God has given to you and put your toes in the dirt and get real and get down in it, make it personal for you. Then no, of course, you'll never feel like your money, your business is going to make money. You'll never feel like people are going to even want to buy what you're selling. Because it's not personal. You're not taking it to that next level. They wanted Moses to go get a call. And report the spark notes. When they could have answered personally. Your response matters to God. And whether you pick up and answer the call personally. Or you don't. You're still responding. They told Moses to go. But this Chapter or this portion in this chapter is still titled The People's Response. It's not Moses' response. It's the people's response. Even though they didn't go near to God, they didn't talk directly to God. They're they're going through this alt channel, but it's still labeled The People's Response. Take the risk. You've already survived you're already covered there's protection in the connection they were worried about the fire of God consuming them that they might die but some calls require things to die in our life For us to go forward and snatch the very thing that God's calling us to, pride going to have to die. Being ashamed and bashful of wanting to um, self-promote is going to have to die. Past spending habits, babe, you might have to shift that budget a little bit. That's going to have to die. Old patterns, that's going to have to die. You're going to have to adopt some new ideologies, a new friend circle, new mentors because they know more about the space that you're going into. There are some things that are going to have to die. And honestly, every interaction that we have with God, you are going to feel that consuming fire. It is going to be a bit much at times because God is the much. He's everything. You know what I mean? Those things are going to happen. They can overwhelm you to tears. Some people don't like to be emotional. And so they avoid God because they don't want to cry today. They don't got time for that. They don't want to repent of their sins or even say like, this made me upset People, everybody wants to be cool. I know I call y'all the cool kids. We're the cool kids together. But there are moments when we got to drop the mask. We got to take the things off and we just got to be bare. God is a consuming fire. And the things about ourselves that we don't like, the things about our situations that we wish were not a part of our situation, the things that have stuck with us even from childhood that we don't even notice and realize was because somebody said something and it stuck with us. He burns it up. He eats it up. It dies in his presence Otherwise, we walk with it and our shoulders are heavy. We feel tired. We got bags under our eyes because we're trying to bear it all. And so he is a consuming fire. It's on purpose. And every time we don't feel good, every time that we don't feel a fruit of the spirit, we get in his presence again. And all the muck and the mire, all the attacks from the enemy, all of the negative things that have been spoken, all the negative things that you feel they go ablaze in his fire. It's the only place where that happens. So that characteristic, we actually don't want to go away because God's consuming fire gets rid of the things that we don't want. It's the thing that allows us to grow. That's what takes us from that young tree to the tree that has lines, lines of faith, lines of life, lines of things that have happened to us, but we've survived. Lines of us hearing a word and doing the thing. Lines of call and response. It's worth it. It's worth the risk every time. When God calls to you, take it personal. He's not just revealing something about you, but he wants to show you something about himself. Everybody hears things about God, right? If you listen to the show, I've I've said things. If you watch any sermon, if you connect with anybody, if you're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, like there are so many things that people say about God. But when you take it personal, that it's not just God, a God, the universe, a manifest. Like, you know what I'm saying? When you take it personal and you get in it with him, you find out things about yourself that you didn't know. And you've been with you since day one. And he still can reveal things about you that you didn't know. And you learn things about him him, that you can't learn from sending Moses to get the word for you. It becomes evident. It it seeps into who you are. And then even when things are good or when things are bad, you truly understand how to reap the silk from everything. You're less callous to the negative that has happened in your life. But there's a call and we all have it. There's small things. There's multiple calls. There's multiple calls. And there's small things. There are big things. There are intermediate things. There are things we do alone. There's things we need to do with other people. They're all calls. But then there's the people's response. There's your response. And God takes our response Personal. And each time that you respond, it informs him on how to call you again. So if you ignore him the last time, he might keep dialing you. And it's the same call as last time because you haven't picked up yet. When we pick up and we start to respond in a way that's in agreement and in alignment with the call that he's called us to, the next time he calls, the call's different. Same caller, same caller ID, but the topic is different. Where you're going, where you're being sent is different. You can go to bigger places. You can have larger impact, deeper impact. And you're, again, now you've revealed more about yourself. And so you understand yourself and how the call needs to shift in each season a little bit different. You have clarity because it's an ongoing personal relationship. So the power tool for this week is to embody the Michael Jordan spirit and take it personal. I don't know if y'all watched the um, documentary that they did on MJ and his team. It was called The Last Dance. It is on Netflix. If you haven't, it is a 10-part series, child. But I found it inspirational, and I like basketball, so there's that. But each time a player, coach, referee, fans the media, anybody says something negative about MJ or if they wondered if he could do something again. If they wonder, even when he played baseball, how that was going to be. He took it personal. It caused him to rise to the occasion. He never backed away. He showed up to practice each and every time. When he had to learn different things with different teammates and whatever, he cheered them on because they made him better. Time happened. He allowed growth to happen and it made him better. And each time there was a new call, there was more challenges, right? And so you do partnership deals. You got the movie, you got Space Jam, all of that. He had to learn how to do his actual job plus these other calls that came to him, but because he answered the first one and took that call of being a NBA star, a basketball player on this team, being the Michael Jordan, took that personal, everything else that was added onto him, he found a way to make it into that flow, right, and so as we continue And we go on on our journey. We're answering our call and we're doing our thing. And we're being the MJ of our own lives, right? I'm being the desk in my sphere. You're being the you in your sphere. Lean into the process. Go with God with your concerns, right? We are allowed to do that. You're the children of Israel. Nothing that they said was bad. Actually, in verse 20, uh, I want to say verse 28, verse 29. In verse 29, And 28 actually is verse 28. God confirmed that they're right. And I believe that he said they're right because they believed it. If they would have said, you know what? God spoke to me once and he'll speak to me again, that his fire will burn up every bad thing in our lives and we can move forward and tackle these 10 commandments as he's commanded unto us to do. They would have been right with that. You are what you believe but you gotta keep that same energy. If you want God to call you to something bigger, God gonna want you to answer the phone when he call you. You gotta keep the energy. You gotta respond. You gotta take it personal. It's worth the risk. It's worth the risk each and every time. I hope that this episode bless you. I hope I came for your wig a little bit because we cannot play small and we can't back down when things are in front of us, when we're faced with a challenge, when we're faced with an opportunity. There are opportunities that we get not only to hang with God, but to hang with a a part of ourselves that we didn't even know existed. And you find that out when you get into those moments of stillness, when you get into those moments that are going to push you to a newness to hatch out of when you thought you knew, like you thought you reached the final level of this game, of this atmosphere, right? Or your job or whatever is happening. And then God says, uh, I got more. That is like, what? Let's go. Like, you know what I'm saying? And there are people that he can call to it. I think when we, we take that and we make it so like Okay, well, I, I don't know. People people do it, but not me. It's like, take it personal. that he called your line. He hit you up. And when you take that personal, it, it just opens up even more that you can do. And God's the greatest investor, the greatest partner that you can have. So go to him as a confidant with what your concerns may be. But respond to the call for real. So as we move forward, if you're feeling so called to stay connected with me and all things power and pros, or if you're feeling called to leave your girl a review, be sure to do so as all my Apple Podcast listeners Leave me a five star rating if this show has blessed you and leave a review. Let me know what is speaking to you. What is your favorite thing about the show? I really, really, really would love to know and to move further into the community and dig your roots down into power and pros. You can sign up for the Pros and Praise Pages newsletter where we share all things writing, sermons I'm listening to. Um, Plans that I complete on the Bible app, different writing prompts, poetry, guests on the show, I link out their social profiles so you can connect with them, giveaways, all that good stuff. And so you want to plug into that community as well. Um, I love you guys. We have been doing weekly episodes. For the past couple of months. And it's just truly beautiful to see the response to you guys of me putting out a call that I want to go deeper into relationship with you guys and myself and God with the show. And you guys responding to that with your downloads, ratings, reviews, hitting me up on social media networks, all that good stuff. And so I thank you. I pray that you have an amazing, amazing, amazing week stepping into all that you are. Remember to profess your power, and there's power in pros. Till next time. Bye cool kids.